Hello from Ellensburg, Washington, USA. This is the Nick Zentner Geology Podcast, Episode 115, Brett's Breakthrough? <laughs> Thanks for listening. Hey man, there's a question mark at the end of it. That's a sexy title. And for a change, I'm reporting here before I do a bunch of videos. Now how about that? It's mid-September. The weather is glorious. Uh, school is about to start. We start quite late here at Central Washington University. We're on the quarter system. Most everybody else is on the semester system across the country, but I like it, and I love taking advantage of this great weather to go out and film and do some thinking. However, the last, I don't know, two, three days this past week, I was out. The weather was glorious. I was starting to film as I was learning new things involving Ice Age deposits in Washington, started filming a little bit, and my heart wasn't in it. I, I wasn't ready. Daddy wasn't ready. And so I continue to get my thoughts together, and I thought I'd come down here to the basement and try this with you, and that this process might help me find a couple of narratives that will work. So it does involve Brits, and I do have to go backwards in time a few months to set the stage for this. So if you're already bored of this because I've been kind of hatching or, or hashing this out, not hatching, hashing this out with you uh, in almost a repetitive form since April, I'm afraid I'm going to have to do it again real quick here, especially if you're a new viewer. What? Especially if you're listening to this for the first time. In other words, you've just discovered this audio podcast. Get to it, boy. Okay, J. Harlan Bretz. I'm going to do this quick. J. Harlan Bretz, who was he? University of Chicago geology professor. Is he alive? No. When did he die? Uh, in 1981, I think, at the ripe old age of 99. Most of you know Bretz. You know about the Ice Age floods. It's a story that's been told a million times and pretty much in the same manner pretty much by the same people over and over and over again i'm looking for new angles on the brett story okay the two questions i've been working on since early april with my students and then continuing solo and also with guests out in the field in video form primarily often on this summer the two questions are is all of that ice age flood water that did serious damage in eastern washington from Montana. Is that all Glacial Lake Missoula water? And the second question I've been working on pretty regularly, off and on, oxymoron, moron, yeah, guilty, is are we sure all of it happened younger than 20,000 years ago? That is the traditional story, that the Ice Age floods, the Missoula floods, started 20,000 years ago, or even less than that. All the plaques, all the books basically tell that story. And what's the, what's the Brett's angle? Nobody believed him. He had all the scientific work. And then finally, in his last decade on Earth, he was accepted. Okay, so what is this breakthrough that I think that I might have? And I put a question mark because it may turn out to be nothing. There's a chance. There's a chance that I'm not going to continue barking up this tree. But I think I have a new date 
or age window to put Brett's Spokane flood. Now, hear me out. I'm not much, I'm not a showbiz guy, so I'm not really trying to tease it here. I'm just naturally slow. Um, but I do want to go back one more time and talk about color pens, especially if you've been keeping up with the videos this spring and summer. And it's been a few weeks since I've worked on this. And now I'm back deeply into the Brett stuff. As soon as pretty much we turn to September, I've been at it. But as I just mentioned, I haven't done many videos, hardly any. I haven't done any live streams, hardly any. I've just been hitting the woodshed. And I, I, I gotta wor I gotta, I'm worried about burning out. I, I'm, I'm planning, ultimately, for a new live stream series, the Ice Age Floods A to Z, this winter of 2023 going into 2024, November to February, two live streams a week. I got to pace myself, man. And I, I think it's going to work because I'm going to start teaching. I'm going to have all, a lot of my energy going to the Geology 101 kids. There's a full crop of 70 students. And, you know, I see people around town and they're like, hey, school starts. Huh? How's it going? I just say, oh, school's great. Students are great. Even though we haven't started yet. Because at this point, I'm just, my, my strategy is just to minimize confused looks. <laughs> if we start talking about podcasts and video and YouTube and TV and Nick on the Rocks and not Nick on the Rocks, and it's just, it's not worth it. And same is true for just small talk in the grocery store. How are the students? Great. <laughs> just lying through my teeth, but it's just easier that way. And they will be great. I have no doubt. I'm always excited this time of year. Okay, let's get to it. I'm looking at a sheet of paper, and it's damn colorful in this dimly lit room. And up at the top, I have red, red ink. So, for those that are unaware, I had a color scheme that I established last spring. And anytime I use red ink, I'm talking about the late Wisconsin time, equal to marine isotope stage 2. And let's use these dates for this episode. I might continue to change this, but I think the numbers I want to use today for marine isotopes 2, the most recent, the most recent worldwide glaciation, the cold time worldwide, and it was a doozy. That started 29,000 years ago and ended 13,000 years ago. Now, some of you are really into this stuff and you're like, ah, actually, it's not 13,000, it's 12,500, or actually, it's not that, it goes to the younger dry, whatever. Okay, let's use those numbers today. Red ink, what Brett's was calling the Wisconsin time, starting 29,000 years ago, ending 13,000 years ago. Okay. What do I have in red ink at the top of my page? Well, I, I've got things laid out. Here we go. This is the breakthrough. I've got things laid out with headings on the top of this page. On the left, the left heading is Puget Lowland or Seattle, Western Washington. In the upper right, I have Eastern Washington, Spokane. These are the headings on my little 8.5 by 11 that's turned on its side. I'm in landscape mode, baby old school landscape mode. In the middle, the heading in the middle at the top of the page, the Cascade Range. Some of you maybe may know where I'm heading. 
and squeezed way in at the upper right-hand corner, the fourth heading is Rocky Mountains. So one more time, as I go left to right across the top of this page, I have left, Seattle, middle, Cascades, right, Spokane, and then squeezed way over there on the right, the Rocky Mountains. So are you really into this Ice Age stuff? What are some names I have in red? Can you visualize this? You might have to get a scrap piece of paper, draw this out for yourself. I'll be eventually doing this in video form, but I'm doing it in verbal form with you right now. Okay, you, you got it, right? So in red, on the left, I have the Vashon Advance or the Fraser Advance. I have other names in red. Steliacum, Esperance, Evans Creek, Lawton. If you're a fan of Puget Lowland glacial geology, you know those names. Those are all grouped together. They are late Wisconsin time, marine isotope stage two. I already gave you the dates. But if we go to the Cascades, do we have ice in the mountains at this time? During red time? I'm just going to use colors the rest of today. During red time? Yes, I do. I have the Leavenworth ice. And I have the Lakedale ice. These are alpine glaciers in the Icicle Creek drainage near Leavenworth, Washington, and uh, on the north side of Mount Stewart Range, and in the upper Yakima River drainage. If you know that area, this is Lake Ketchulis, Lake Cachise, Lake Cleelum, and up to Snoqualmie Pass. Steve Porter, University of Washington, did that work. Uh, I also have a Hayak sub-advance and a Domery sub-advance. If I go over to eastern Washington, I've got the Okanagan Lobe making the moraine at Withrow, and that's Wisconsin time, as Brett's called it. And then finally, way over to the right, still in red ink, I have the Pinedale Advance. Okay, am I losing you already? I'm going to continue with this sheet of paper, but my approach to trying to understand all the glacial evidence and Ice Age flood evidence in eastern Washington that was famously done by J. Harlan Bretz in the 1920s, 100 years ago. You remember the hook from a few months ago. Bretz had two generations of ice advance in eastern Washington, and therefore he had two major generations of Ice Age floods tied to those two Ice Ages, or those two ice advances. And let's go back to the colors. Back last spring, in some of the videos, if you saw a Moses Cooley video or a Grand Cooley video, they're very popular. They've been watched a bunch, way more than the rest of my stuff. I had a red pen and I had a blue pen. And the blue pen was an older ice time in eastern Washington that Bretz was just obsessed with in the 1920s. He called it the Spokane Ice Sheet sometime earlier than 30,000 years ago. And he had the major Spokane flood. One flood, <coughs> excuse me, one flood coming directly from the front of that Spokane ice sheet. And I'm just, uh, just give me a second here. So, you know, one of the main themes this winter is 
was Brett's high? Why was Brett seeing this earlier ice story and this earlier Ice Age flood story, which, by the way, dwarfed the volume of water during Wisconsin time? Why was Brett's major Ice Age flood story back in the Spokane time? And when the hell was that? That's what the breakthrough is. So blue last spring, a few months ago, was considered Spokane time. And I got some newspaper clippings from some uh, alert viewers and in the, 19, early, in the early part of the 1920s, Bretz was regularly talking to newspaper reporters and saying that his Spokane flood happened sometime. He either had a number 125,000 years ago or 130,000 years ago. Now, I don't know where he came up with those numbers, but as we currently understand, 130,000 years ago, that's at the tail end of something called the MIS-6, the Marine Isotope Stage 6 which is also a time of glacial ice worldwide. So up until the last couple of weeks, anytime Brett's is talking about the Spokane flood or the Spokane ice in eastern Washington, I'm using blue. And I'm not just making little, uh, you know, uh, hand-drawn sketches for myself on scrap pieces of paper. I have these papers printed out. I'm using these blue and red colored pens I'm just going to say colored pencils is easier, okay? Even though they're technically pens. Will you allow me? I'm going to use these colored pencils. I've been using blue and red, blue and red, blue and red for the last few months. Okay, you ready for the reveal? I got a new color. I got orange. I'm now using orange. An orange colored pencil. An orange ballpoint pen. And I'm going nuts with orange. <clears throat> What's orange? Can you guess? Orange is marine isotope stage four. So, let's just check in with you. I'm looking at this piece of paper. Red's up on top. That's MIS-2, 29,000 to 13,000 years ago. Down below it, I'm getting older. I've got orange for marine isotope uh, MIS-4 which starts 71,000 years ago and ends 57,000 years ago. Let me continue. Below that, I have MIS-6. That's blue. That's a cold time globally between 190,000 years ago and 130,000 years ago. And I even have below that purple, which is MIS-8 and older. And we're back easily hundreds of more than, what can I say, more than 400,000 years ago for sure. I don't have the numbers written down for MIS-8. But the point is, here's the main point of today's episode. I'm going to be rereading things and wondering every place that I have blue so far after months of reading, am I going to change that to orange? Or at least am I going to hover a little bit? Am I going to entertain the possibility of orange or blue? Orange or blue? MIS-6, blue. MIS-4, orange. Okay, well, I know what you're asking. I know what you're thinking. Where did this orange thing come from? How are you so confident that there's orange? That there's glacial ice from marine isotope stage 4? Again, 
This is orange between 71,000 years ago and 57,000 years ago. <coughs> Brett's wasn't talking about that 100 years ago. Well, these, you know, I don't care how great a geologist was. If you're a geologist in the 1920s, you don't have the tools to approximate ages like we do now. And I'm sure right now we are going to be embarrassing to people 50 years from in the future. They're going to look back on us in 2023 and go, boy, they still didn't know anything about coming up with dates. But our techniques are better than they were a century ago. Let's put it that way. So let's get to the big reveal about how I got on this orange story. This coming Sunday, Sunday, September 17th, two days from now, I'm driving over to Tacoma and I'm going to meet up with University of Washington geologist Kathy Troost. And Kathy finished a Ph.D. at the University of Washington uh, almost 10 years ago. Can I find it? Hang on. 2016. And Kathy's dissertation is entitled Chronology, Lithology, and Paleoenvironmental Interpretations of the penultimate ice sheet advance into Puget Lowland, Washington State. Penultimate, you know what that means. Not the most recent, but the second to most recent. And if I can fumble with one hand, go to the abstract. I'm not going to bother struggling. Kathy has a name for the MIS-4, the penultimate glacial advance in western Washington. She has a lot of evidence for something called the possession glacial advance, possession glacial till, possession glacial outwash, dated between 71,000 to 57,000 years ago in western Washington. Okay, well, that's new, and you got you to gotta hunt for this possession uh, drift. Glacial drift is a combination of glacial till deposited directly by the ice and glacial outwash, a bunch of stuff that was deposited by running water coming away from the melting glacier, or I guess out of subglacial tunnels if you are so inclined. But Kathy's got a lot of possession ice deposits over there from orange time, you know what I mean, MIS-4. And she's saying this is a new chapter that was overlooked by the old timers. Who are the old timers in western Washington? Frickin' J. Harlan Bretz. Bretz did his dissertation in 1913. He did his mapping during the school day as a high school teacher, walking students over to the Seattle regrade and exposing Denny Hill and all these other hills that they were literally moving and taking furious notes about these glacial deposits before they went away. And Bretz was noticing some older till, but he was also noticing a lot of young till, the Vashon till, the MIS, the, the red till. I hope you know what I'm doing with the colors. It's just easier to talk this way. So Bretz and Troost, Kathy Troost, and Dwight Crandall, and Ralph Hagerud, and going back to Bailey Willis and Israel Russell, they all saw that in western Washington, the biggest ice advance was the youngest, red, the Vashon, or the Fraser glaciation. So it's not like there's a ton of old outwash out in front or to the south 
of this most recent ice advance in western Washington. However, Kathy's dissertation does a beautiful job of taking all the previous work, making sense of it, talking about when things just were, you know, in some sort of cul-de-sac and not helpful and just spinning out of control and a bunch of names that were not helpful. She did all that. She has all sorts of new surface exposure dates, all sorts of new other approaches that help put numbers on these boulders and other deposits and clays and organic material that Brett's didn't have or Crandall didn't have in the 1950s. And so I'm a big fan of Kathy Troost's PhD, and I've never met her. At least I don't remember meeting her. And so being out with her in the Tacoma area and looking at some of this older drift is going to be an exciting thing. And you're like, oh, come on. You really think Brett's Spokane flood is possession age, MIS-4? Yeah, I'm starting to think that's the case. That's the big breakthrough, or whatever I called this episode. Yeah, breakthrough, I think, right? The breakthrough is, is Brett's big flood to carve Grand Coulee, to carve Moses Coulee, and so on in eastern Washington, do we have to go back to blue? Do we have to go back all the way to 130,000 years ago or older? The MIS-6, that's blue. Is it possible Brett's Spokane flood is not that old? It's older than red. It's older than 29,000 years ago. Is it possible that Brett's main coulee carving flood happened between 71 and 57,000 years ago? And you're like, uh, well, I thought you just said there's possession glacial till in western Washington. I did. And has anybody done a dissertation in the Spokane area to find glacial deposits of possession age, MIS-4, orange age in the Spokane area? No. But up in the Cascades, <laughs> up in the Cascades, in those same two river valleys, the Icicle Creek Valley, Leavenworth, and the Yakima River Valley, Ellensburg, up to Spokane, up, up, up to uh, Snoqualmie Pass. Stephen Porter has dates. He's got the Mountain Home Glacial Advance in the Leavenworth area. He's got some early Lakedale ice advances. That's the Ronald ice advance and the Bullfrog ice advance that are 80,000 years ago and 54,000 years ago in the ballpark of Orange. So in the case of the upper Yakima Valley, the Yakima Valley Glacier during red time was dinky. If we go back to Orange, the Yakima Valley Glacier was bigger. That ice advanced all the way down almost to, to Kalielum, Washington. If you know that area, the Bullfrog, Bullfrog Road exit by Sun Katie and all the fancy homes, that's the end of the line for the possession-aged orange MIS-4 alpine ice. So my point is, we have ice advancing during MIS-4 time almost to Olympia in western Washington, and getting down as far as Kalielum, Washington, 
and uh, almost to Leavenworth, Washington, in the Central Cascades, Central Washington Cascades. Nothing so far documented in Spokane, except if we can somehow convince ourselves that the deposits of Brett's Spokane flood is possession age, is orange, then suddenly we have lots of Ice Age flood activity going on there. Now, there's breaking news this morning. I didn't bring it downstairs, but there's a 2012 paper by McDonald, I think it's Eric McDonald, who has deposits in the Luss of the Palouse Hills somehow talking about MIS-4. So in eastern Washington, with semi-recent work, there is flooding during MIS-4, during Orange Time. <laughs> okay. Even going into the Rockies, are we sure that the Bull Lake, which is the penultimate ice in Montana, are we sure that's MIS-6? Is it possible the Bull Lake is orange? Okay, well, I don't know if you're following that, but that was the big moment today. Coming up with this orange pen and realizing that this older ice and potentially older Ice Age flood stories is, is still younger than 100,000 years ago. It's not less than 30,000 years ago, but it's not older than 100,000 years ago. And those that are really having a hard time visualizing a major Spokane flood happening so long ago because the deposits don't look that old. And I've talked to a few geologists who say literally that. They're like, I don't see how the Spokane flood can be more than 100,000 years old. Look at these deposits. There's a bunch of fresh stuff in here. Well, according to Kathy Truce, the Possession Glacial Till and the Vashon Glacial Till are indistinguishable in outcrop. I guess I'll see on Sunday. But there's fresh-looking stuff in both the orange and the red till, and both the red and the orange out, uh, outwash, as I understand it today. Just to finish my thoughts here at the 26-minute mark, thank you for your interest here today, viewer. God, I make so many videos I call it viewer by rote. I'm sorry, listener. I do have some blue names written out, again, left to right west to east, across the state of Washington. I don't know, I'm kind of proud of this, thinking to, to, to get out of the eastern Washington area to look for potential correlations. I'm not the first to have these thoughts, but as much as I think Gerald Richmond, who I will talk a lot about this winter, maybe did a disservice to Brett's and his legacy, I do like the fact that he was correlating regionally. So, blue. MIS-6, again, that's 190,000 years ago to 130,000 years ago. At least those are the dates that I have at the moment. Western Washington, we're calling that the double bluff glaciation. Maybe Bretts and Bailey Willis should call the Admiralty ice orange as opposed to blue. Not sure. In central Washington, is there... MIS-6. Is there blue ice in Leavenworth and Ellensburg? Yeah, there is. In Leavenworth, it's the Peshastan ice advance that gets, it's, there's a beautiful moraine very high up on Boundary Butte. And if you go to the Ellensburg area and out by Thorpe and the Fruit Antique Barn, 
That's uh, the Thorpe Prairie and the Swak Prairie. That's MIS-6. That's Blue Eyes. A bunch of the Palouse Formation in eastern Washington apparently is blue, MIS-6. And then again, are we kicking the Spokane Flood and the Bull Lake Glaciation in the Rockies? Are we kicking that out of blue and going up to orange? That's ultimately what I'm trying to say today. To finish, down at the bottom, I've got purple. And that's just a garbage, that's just a, a catch-all for anything older than blue. So Kathy has a Defiance Till that's MIS-8. That's purple. Uh, also down in purple, the oldest of the potential advances in western Washington. The Stuck Glaciation, older than... Oh, this is this is a reversed paleomag with the deposits of the Stuck Glaciation and the Ording Glaciation and the Salmon Springs Glaciation with some Lake Taps tephra within these are all just all just chicken scratch for myself back to central washington and the alpine ice there's a boundary butte question mark older than 165,000 years ago there's the lookout mountain ice advance of the yakima valley glacier which was the biggest and longest of the alpine ice so that's weird in my little valley the oldest ice is was the biggest in Puget Lowland, the youngest ice was the biggest. What can we say about eastern Washington? The company line is the old, sorry, the company line in eastern Washington is the youngest ice is the biggest, but apparently there was some Cheney Till somewhere that's now underneath the campus of Eastern Washington University. Okay, I've done what I wanted to do today. Thanks to Trevor Contreras, Washington Geological Survey, who found an old copy of Bretz's 1913 uh, bulletin number eight, Glaciation of the Puget Sound region. Trevor found it at a garage sale or something and, and uh, delivered it to me. So thanks for that. That was inspirational. Thanks to Carl Loquist, a colleague here who loaned me a bunch of the Inqua 1965 little blue books. I'll be talking a lot about those uh, this winter. And just to, to wrap up then, dear listener, this is a new episode in a way, well, it's a new episode. Congratulations. It's new also because really for the first time ever, I'm sharing some exciting new things here. And then in the coming weeks, I'll be doing some videos fleshing this out. And as is custom for me, as is customary for me, I'll have some things written out. I'll be filming with a guest out in the field. Sunday's supposed to be beautiful. I'll show Kathy my little hand-drawn colored pen sketches. And she may very well go, okay, what do you want, a brownie? Like, I don't know, that doesn't look right to me. That's progress. I'm not afraid to look stupid. And sometimes um, that is regular for me that I'll have a narrative going, I'll share it with somebody who's thought a lot about it, and they'll go, no, that's totally wrong. What are you doing? Or occasionally they'll go, oh, oh never. Really? They say that, huh? I never heard that before. Regardless, I keep it in. I, I don't edit out much with these videos. And if somebody's going and they're totally correcting me or saying you you are... You are off on a tangent. You have no chance of following through on that. Sometimes I'll go, thanks for the advice. I'll back off of that. 
And I got to be honest, sometimes I'll go, no, I won't say it directly to them. I'll be thinking, I know your instinct is to say no, but there's a lot here. As Merle Beck said in one of his interviews, hey, man, there's something here. <laughs> I love that was one of the backyard interviews with Merle Beck in 2020. Hey, man, there's something here. So I hope you can hear the excitement. It's pure. There is no payoff. There is no big citation, some big award, some big grant. Nothing. It's just sharing my excitement with some things that I've been able to put together on my own. And I can just stop there and feel satisfied that I've made some connections. But we'll see how far those connections go. And I will be leaning on the viewers again for some help. The list is getting long of little tidbits here and there. I got a lot of help the last time I tried it about a month ago. But again, I got to pace myself. I'm, I'm really jazzed about this stuff now, that's breast stuff now. I'm trying to uh, kind of get out as much as possible because the weather is so good. And once the weather turns south and the days get short, then I can really hit the books uh, in addition to the teaching. All in preparation for the Alphabet Series coming this winter. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope everything's going well with you. I love you, dear listener, and goodbye from Ellensburg, Washington, USA.